to the Football Heavy Podcast from Heavy Inc. He's Matt. I'm Ant. And we're here to talk about football. We're heavy. Uh, dude, I'm pissed about two things. The first, Madden. Because I wanted to play. And I'm like, all right, how soon is this thing coming out, right? You don't know. Uh, no, it was like the... Too late every year. Exactly. Like, dude, I, I want to play... I wanted to play this weekend. I wanted to play on Saturday. No, on Sunday. And I'm thinking, maybe I got to wait another week. Dude, this thing's not coming out for like another two weeks, three weeks maybe. I believe the last week in August is when they release it. Every year. So not only do they fail to update it. I mean, it's the same game engine since Michael Vick was 2012. Calvin. They can't even release it early. They can't even release it at a reasonable time. We know they didn't even start updating the rosters till probably they're probably doing that now. Well, they're releasing the the what initial player ratings, which I assume will hold true till week one is played. Right, we did talk about that. Um, but yeah, they uh, they don't give a fuck about you and me. Just give EA that they don't money. Give a fuck about the customer. It, give EA that money, and they're getting that money. It's I mean, it's I think it's the highest. Uh, Ugh. Selling franchise in I video game that. history, I think it's definitely well, you know up what? there. It's it's like Fast and the Furious, right? Which I learned is also the highest earning movie franchise. They can't stop making them, and they just keep making money. And, you know, and that's the thing. Like EA Sports is coming out with some uh, Madden every year. Rockstar Games, easily one of the greatest game developers they're putting something out every five years so even though yeah like a gta 5 is incredible it's been like seven years and they're not coming out with another one till 2025 so ea sports just by the sheer volume of output they get that yeah everyone likes football and and don't you find yourself when you play an old madden game being like oh man i wish it had this year's rookies and uh, this yeah year's i schedule. wish it had the gang tackling from 2011 that well, yeah, yeah. There, anything from uh, what like the '04 to '08 sweet spot? Oh my <laughs> god! When the game had depth and playability, and I guess competition from maybe that maybe 2K, 2K and ESPN. Really? Yes, it may have been ESPN 2K at the time. I may okay. be I may yeah. be splitting two games that are one. In the closet over there, there's uh, the one with Terrell Owens on the That cover. is the greatest football game ever made. The internet says so. I did love NFL Street, though. I didn't like <laughs> NFL Street. <laughs> <laughs> they need to put out another one of those. Or the one where uh, Lawrence Taylor is also a mob boss. Is that, that sounds like... It was it was right after the NFL revoked its license from everyone but EA. <laughs> and someone brought out a, a football game that had no licensing. Um, so it was just football players, like retired ones that are in the game. And the premise is basically you and Lawrence Taylor have to take down the evil football empire by playing football. It's very, I haven't played it. <laughs> I've only seen like internet reviews on it, but it, it that's where I got to check that it out. It seems pretty, oh yeah, I can't buy it. I, it, I No. I forget what it's called. I think it's called the league before <laughs> that show existed, I think. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure what it's called. The, if you look up football game, football video game with Lawrence Taylor, guarantee it's a top three on Google. There's no way it's not coming up. Lawrence Taylor football game. They didn't give him uh, 
you know, 1980s party scene uh, football game. This is like 2009. Oh, it was called uh, Blitz the League. Blitz the Oh, it was. It was a okay, it, Blitz. Right, it was made by yeah. the same guys oh, that made Blitz. Yeah. It's not Blitz because Blitz, the arcade game, played at the bowling alley and the roller rink and wherever the hell else you had arcade games to mm. your quarters. This is not that. This is a console game with a plot and football and apparently also violence. Oh, yeah. I oh, think yeah. there's some street stuff that happens, too. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I, have, I have not played the game. I don't know that for a fact. Um, Carson Wentz is not going to play 75% of the cold snaps this year. It's not going to happen. Five weeks, his lowest timetable to return puts him into week two or three. Um, and that's best-case scenario. He ain't playing 75% of the snaps. No. And I'm, that's the other thing I'm pissed about. I wanted him to play 75% of the snaps, go 0-17. They could go 0-17, but nah. he's not going to play 75% of the snaps. With Wentz, they definitely couldn't go 0-17. And, and even without Wentz, that team's got enough talent to sneak a game or two somewhere. They're not as bad as the Jags last year or the Jets of the last 10 years. They um, they do have a problem, though. I just – obviously, Wentz gone. There's a uh, presumed number one until they bring someone else into the building. Jacob Eason, last year's third or fourth round pick, um, who has big arm, but, you know – obviously not touted as a uh, future NFL starter, and one would assume um, that they're going to bring in a veteran, right? Yeah, do you think they'd trade for someone? Because I'm seeing all these ridiculous I was going to say, have you heard who the the number one, uh, what, supposed uh, stopgap solution is? Yeah, and I don't think it could happen. It's Nick Foles. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely. And (laughs) I don't think that that could happen. His contract's too big, but I don't know what the Colts cap situation is. He's available. You could get him for a fifth-round pick right now. I think you get him for a seventh. You're taking his salary. I think it was a Bleacher Report that they had a a couple of options. This was like this was before the surgery news came out, and I knew that they were likely going to go with the surgery route. Okay, right? It only made sense to do that because you don't want this guy to skip the preseason games and then you know one series into week one it's a bigger problem yeah that makes sense uh so there were a number of trade possibilities that bleacher report suggested um one of them involved jimmy garoppolo that was like the number one in the carousel of really options but Wentz's season is not done and wouldn't you today Say, I'm going to build my playoff team, which the Colts are. Phillip Rivers just took them to the playoffs. Wouldn't you say, I'm going to build my playoff team around Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Carson Wentz? So if you trade for Garoppolo, you're basically saying that the Wentz deal that you just gave up, right. a prospective first round, it's definitely a second round pick for, um, and said, this guy's our guy for the next few years at a minimum. Um, you're turning tail because he, he hurt his foot. I mean, people hurt their feet. It happens. And... I'm not saying you should or shouldn't start Carson Wentz, but it doesn't seem like a good reason to turn tail and get someone of the caliber of Garoppolo. Because, like, Foles is obviously getting paid, too. Hell, Foles might make more than Garoppolo right now. I don't know. Jimmy G got paid, too, by the Niners. I'm not sure. But they're both getting paid, like, a good starting quarterback's wage. You have Wentz's numbers on your book to begin with. Can you afford two? I don't know. I don't know the Colts' situation. I'm pretty sure the... Oh, see, now I'm not really sure because I know there's a bunch of – okay, so I know the Eagles ate a lot of dead cap money with the Wentz trade. Which is all bonus. 
Okay, so he is on the books for whatever his cap hit is, his base cap hit, not a bonus. For who? Part. The Colts or for the Eagles? For the Colts. He's, so his twenty twenty one salary is the Colts' problem, unless they came up with some side agreement that says otherwise. But bonus, which is the real money, the, the guaranteed money, um, is not always rolled up into that. So the Colts probably have very little risk involved in Carson Wentz from a cap standpoint. I assume if they cut him, they basically save every penny. Close to, if not. But, and they'd be in the same boat with Garoppolo or Foles. But that the concern is you're paying two, whether it's Garoppolo or Foles, you're paying two somewhat starting caliber quarterbacks, both of whom, what, you're not sure you can trust? That doesn't sound economical. And I don't know this information, but where the hell is Jacoby Brissett? I knew his contract was up, but where did he go? Let's find out because that's a great question. Because before I heard about Jacob Eason, yeah, you I think you were thinking Jacoby Brissett's. Gonna... I assumed Jacoby Brissett would be uh, <laughs> would be up next. Uh, and he, oh, he's with the Dolphins. Oh, good for him. He actually could get some snaps there if Tua continues sure. to tank. Um, although I don't know, everyone's down on Tua, and I, I, of the three big quarterbacks drafted last year, I liked Tua the least, even before the draft. But um, he didn't look that bad. I mean, that game he had against the Cardinals, he basically went tit for tat with Kyler Murray in the air and on the ground. He looked awesome and won them the game. Um, so I, I, it's a little early to be down on Tua, um, the same way that it's a little early to what anoint Burrow or. Uh, shit. Well, no, it's not too early to shit on Jones. I mean, shit on Jones. He earned it, but he might prove us wrong and, and actually be a uh, starting quarterback for the New York Football Giants. Probably not, though. Um, but if you are the Colts, how I get bringing in veteran competition, but how do you not just tread water until Wentz comes back? Unless the surgery goes bad and and you got basically a lost season on your hands. And I can understand trading for a Garoppolo or a Foles. But in the interim, what does it say to your team if you bring in a new guy in, a new real guy in, which Foles and Garoppolo are real guys. They're yeah, real NFL quarterbacks. that's not a good look. What if the, that guy's playing good when Wentz comes back? That's right. It, it, it's, it doesn't even make sense for them to do it. You drafted a guy like Eason in a middle round with the intention of him being your backup, obviously, and maybe competing for a starting job down the road. But you can't, to me, you can't turn tail on Carson Wentz, who could he could have a career revival and be a good starting That's quarterback. That's the expectation. I, I actually expect it. He's got to be healthy to do it, but I actually expect it. The 2019 version of Carson Wentz looked like he might compete for an MVP again. And obviously 2020 had nothing but bad days for him, but that doesn't mean that's going to be the entire rest of his career, right? Um, uh, you said before we went on that Freddie Mitchell, former uh, Eagles first round bust um, <laughs> and, yep. uh, and Super Bowl uh, participant uh, uh, riding the coattails of T.O. Um, said that Wentz out of the be, league in three years, yeah, out of the league in three years. That sounds harsh. Possible. Absolutely possible. Because if he continues his 2020 trend, he will be out of the league in three years or someone's perennial backup. But Wentz has shown more to believe that maybe he won't ever regain 2017 form, but he's going to not look as bad as he did in 2020. That uh, I'm sorry, 2019. Oh, no, no, 2020. 2020. That's, just, that's just, what, the pendulum swinging the other way. 
which in football and life, it always does. When it's as bad as it looks, it is that bad maybe for that brief period of time, but it always comes back. Same thing with good. I thought after the 2011 Giants won the Super Bowl, that defense was going to continue to be lights out for the next five years. And Eli Manning, that's it. He had taken his step into elite football godliness. Turns out that was it. That was the peak, and the rest of it was just a, <laughs> a steep walk down, right, for the defense and for Eli. So you think you know something because you've seen it before, and the exact opposite happens because that's kind of the way shit works. Um, I think Wentz, with his, what, cast of characters around him, no one's great, but there's a lot of good. Yeah. From, from Paris Campbell. The O-line is great. Yeah, the O-line is great. The... The run game. The running back room is very good. If they give Marlon Mack an opportunity to keep, reclaim, or share his starting job, I think that pushes Jonathan Taylor. I think that makes both of them better. Um, while Mack, I hope, for his sake, because he's been a very good running back, has a nice career year and gets paid um, to be someone's 1 or 1A one um, on the free agent market because the Colts aren't going to pay him. I don't think the Colts are going to pay him with Jonathan Taylor in the building. But uh, I'd like to see both of them have a nice year. And um, Carson Wentz uh, play 75% of the snaps and take the Colts to the Super Bowl so that you get a late second-round pick. No, you'd get a late first-round pick in that scenario. They, right? In that scenario, they would get a late first, uh, you know, that 31. All right. Um, really hoping. No, never mind. I want Carson Wentz to play 72% of the snaps. <laughs> and I'm sorry. The conspiracy <laughs> theorist in me is thinking that this is all – this is uh, Jim Ursay's doing. They, they, well, they did say that uh, Wentz had to be pressured or pushed into the surgery. He didn't want to do it. He plays. Sur- if he gets surgery, then the Colts, uh, the Colts don't have to pay that first round pick. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, not out of character for him. I, I think it, what was it the twenty the two thousand eighteen two thousand nineteen season when he left with the with the broken back or the fracture in his back. He was pissed with the Eagles organization because they shut him down early in the season or, you know, halfway through the season. But he wanted to play on that back. Uh, And, you know, I want to say that they were probably a 500 team at the time, and it was Nick Foles that took that carried them to a uh, playoff berth. Yeah, and if uh, Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball, Oh, uh, God. Against yeah. the, the Bears, I believe. No, the Saints. No, the, the Saints, Saints in the divisional round, yeah. There's a good chance that they're going right back. You know, I... That team that, had a lot you know, of momentum. Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman have all... Have both said that with a lot of conviction. As if we didn't expect, you know, Drew Brees to respond with a late drive of on, his own. They were short on time, though. There was, uh, and the Eagles defense was, wasn't playing bad. There was probably enough time for Drew Brees to... Uh, get something going? To get something going. But guys who have time to get something going, including the all-time greats, don't get something going a lot. So you can say that all you want, but if he catches that ball, they at least kick a field goal, they go ahead, and then who knows what happens in the NFC Championship game. No, I game. think they needed a touchdown. They, oh, they were. They were down... Um, no, weren't they down 21-20? Uh, no, I think that they were down at least six. Okay, I'm not sure. You would know and better than I'm me. I'm pretty as a sure fan. it was a scenario where a a Saints field goal would have put them over the top. Meaning, if you get Brees so, 45 seconds and he gets out of bounds twice. Yeah. You know, his receiver gets out of bounds twice. Yeah. I get it. Or, you know, more likely Jake Elliott 
ridiculously <laughs> kicks it inbounds. It's returned. Um, there's a horse collar tackle that brings the ball somewhere to midfield. You're being very sour grapes about the possibilities. <laughs> I hate Jake. Of- I hate Jake Elliott. <laughs> I, 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 he's got to go too. Him and Howie Rosen both got to go. Presumably, uh, at the but same Jake time. Elliott kicked that 61-yard field goal that made the Giants' 2017 season obsolete. He also kicked back-to-back 40-plus-yard field goals to uh, in the Super Bowl late in the game. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate him for that, but it's been downhill since. It's like Eli Manning after 2011. Uh, some of that wasn't Eli's fault. A lot of coasting on reputation. A lot of it was, but some of it wasn't Eli's fault. Um, <laughs> a lot of it was, though. But the um, the point stands. Jeffrey, who, ha- if nothing else, has been a sure-handed receiver his entire career. Yeah, that was um, had an egregious drop, and it put the Eagles in a position where they couldn't win a game that they looked like they had a really strong chance at winning. And then if you go to that NFC Championship game against the Rams, with all that momentum, who knows? And uh, before last year, Doug Peterson and – well, Doug Peterson, you know, had the Rams number before last year. Uh, they had won, I think, the last two or three contests against them. But they did tear uh, Carson Wentz's ACL in his yeah. – what would have been an the MVP ACL, season. PCL, yeah. yeah. I remember – I remember that um, because I came to my parents' house. It was my father's birthday that day. On that day. On that day. Giant bummer. And we were there celebrating my dad's birthday. And my dad, <laughs> this kills me. He he doesn't watch the game. He records it and then watches it so he can fast forward through the commercials. Efficient, but does he? Oh, he must not look at any internet or. Oh, he doesn't care. No, yeah, he's not playing fantasy football. He, he just wants to watch the Eagles without the commercials. He wants between. to watch it in an hour twenty. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So we were watching the game, and then we paused it for dinner, and you know, put the phone away, went to the dining room, had dinner, came back, checked my phone, and. I'm not sure if it was text messages from fellow Eagles fans or uh, the fantasy league chat or if it was like an ESPN update, but it was like Carson Wentz leaves the game. Carson Wentz walking back to the locker room with a suspected knee injury. Bop, bop, bop. And this my is, are you at an earlier point in the game for in your rewatching of the recording? Are you at an earlier yes. point in the game than when? Yes. That so I like was watching with one eye open to see what it could have been. You know, it's like it was like a burrow situation where you just see the hit where he tore everything, or what it really was. Whereas like we don't even really know to this point whether it was him launching off of that knee to dive, if it was him getting sandwiched between two players. The tackle looks like it's not the culprit. It it doesn't look like the kind of tackle right. that that tears an ACL. I'm assuming anything can happen, right? But yeah, it it doesn't. I mean, he basically just kind of gets pushed, like you said, sandwiched. He, yeah, he, he, it's not a, a an extending or a or an aggravating hit. So it looks, but it tore. And I remember that also because earlier in the week. 
Deshaun Watson tore his ACL for the second time. And that he was having a terrific rookie campaign. And I remember the thought in my head was like, damn, that's devastating. Like, I don't know what would happen if that happened to Carson. Lo and behold, you know, however many days later it, it, it did. And I was like, I believe Deshaun tore it on Thursday night. Is that uh really? I think he tore it that week's Thursday night. Okay. Because I remember it was at a practice. What, when Deshaun tore it? Yeah. Oh, then I'm thinking of the first ACL tear when he tore it on a Thursday night. In college? No, no, no. The one in his rookie year. That happened in game, didn't it? No. Oh. Well, shit, I don't remember that. I thought it happened against the Browns on Thursday Night Football. I could be mistaken, but I thought it happened in in practice. But again, I just remember thinking and then regretting the thought being the superstitious person that I am that I was like I let this in and then it happened and I was like alright they gotta sign Kaepernick <laughs> which I thought they did. I thought they would turns out they were right not to yeah Foles was the natural choice um, in but retrospect what if he got hurt then you got Nate Sud, we got Sudfeld's season Sudfeld coming the, in. The third, he uh, was the backup in the fucking Super Bowl. Because <laughs> you, you know, dude, if one thing has afflicted Nick Foles in his career injury-wise, it's a broken collarbone. He's had at least two. You got guys like Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, and then James Harrison in the Super Bowl. Any one of those guys. James Harrison was on that Patriots team? Yeah. So... I get what you're saying, but you can't you can't play or manage that way because every player's a hit away from being done for the year, for a week, for their their career, right? Like everybody is, um, in that same vulnerable position. That's why it's amazing that a guy like Eli Manning, um, with his extra chromosome, can just endure hit after hit after hit after hit and seemingly never get hurt. The only reason why he doesn't hold the record for most games. Uh, started consecutively is because Ben McAdoo <laughs> was desperate to play Geno Smith. I got it. Play Davis Webb, though. Why the fuck are you playing Geno Smith? We've seen that before. It's not good. I'm pretty sure I saw Davis Webb uh, tear up the Eagles at least once when he's but with the Rams. Davis Webb play started at quarterback for the Rams? Pretty sure. Appreciate sure it. This he was, was the this Jets was backup for a minute, but I didn't know he went anywhere else. There was a quarterback for the Rams, backup, who wait was it this past Billy season? Billy Davis, Swiss cheese defense, probably had three touchdowns, four hundred yards, but probably also had. A it was the two. it was number nine this past season, right? John, whatever the fuck his name was, the dude who played in the playoffs because Goff got quote unquote hurt. Guff. Yeah, Guff got goffed up. That Scuff? was Davis. That was no, it wasn't Davis Webb. It was John something. I don't remember what his name was, but he basically made the Rams go, "Oh my God, we're starting this guy instead of Goff." <laughs> oh yeah, and we got to get rid of him. I believe that's how uh, the Lions got a third, third round pick out of the Rams. They said, "No, no, 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 you got to take Goff. Here's a, <laughs> here's another first. We can't we can't keep them both. You got to take Goff." Okay, no, it wasn't Davis Webb. Damn, who was it? 
I'll, it's too hard to find out. That Rams team, it's probably not. I mean, hold on, give me a sec. That Rams team this past season, that's why I like uh, you sound like I'm I may sound like I'm front running, but that Rams team from uh 2020 this past season, if they had a real quarterback, there is nothing about them that suggests that they could not have competed with Green Bay, with Tampa, uh, with New Orleans for a legitimate Super Bowl berth. I mean, they beat Seattle, who before it was an absolute certainty that their defense literally had Bobby Wagner and 10 garbage men. They looked like a real Super Bowl contender going into last season because of the year Russell Wilson had had the, the, in 2019. And rightfully so. The talent is ridiculous, and Seattle's offense obviously lived up to the um, hype while their defense did not. But that Rams team beat them in the playoffs. What don't the Rams have now that they have Stafford? They've got every position filled, which is why it's hard for me to not think that when push comes to shove, the NFC Championship game is going to be the Los Angeles Rams and take your pick. I, they're, to me, they're your, your easiest, safest bet because they're the only team, other than Tampa, of course, um, that has both sides of the ball completely locked down and it's impossible mm-hmm. to argue that they don't um it was austin davis austin davis the in, quarterback yes in 2014 oh, in you. philadelphia davis wood was drafted in 2017 <laughs> it was the davis that got me but this guy had 375 yards and three touchdowns no picks god that billy davis defense was this is Chip garbage. Kelly. This is a Chip Kelly team, right? Oh, yeah. But Chip Kelly didn't believe in defense. That's what ran him out of the league. He didn't have a 50-man uh, roster of defensive players That's right. to sub in and out. So when his four cornerbacks were gassed by the second quarter, he was, oh, it's not like this at Oregon. And those corners were Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher. He did have, well, Bradley Fletcher was an all right corner. Before Not he with played the for Chip Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're I liked their their no huddle style of offense. But why the hell are you not running the clock down to say under ten seconds every play clock? They were they were getting up. That was ridiculous. What did you expect your defense to do? You, your offense is killing it, and they're on the field for forty minutes. You can't play NFL defense week to week to week with your defense on the field for forty minutes. It just it doesn't work. You can only dress 46 guys, which is a dumb rule, and they should dress the whole roster every fucking time they go out there. But until the NFL fixes that problem, um, that's what you're dealing with. And I would argue that, sure, if you were the Eagles, maybe you'd say, all right, well, we're going to take those seven roster spots, and uh, they're all going to be defensive players. You still don't have enough to do that shit because guys are going to get tired. Or or you're going to see a steep decline when you bring your fifth, sixth, and seventh corners and third and fourth safeties and fifth and sixth defensive linemen out onto the field. The NF- top-tier talent is too finite to ignore, right? The more snaps that Aaron Donald plays, the more likely Aaron Donald is to wreck a drive. That's just mathematics, right? And who's going to wreck a drive on the Rams? Aaron Donald, right? Like No one he, else is likely to do it. He, was he on the team then? What, in 2014? Yeah. It would have been his rookie season. Okay. Of which I believe is his only non-double-digit sack season. So he probably got stoned by Evan Mathis and 
Kelsey, but he did, or they, or he stoned them. Oh, he got stoned, baby. <laughs> Evan Mathis was pushing him all around. Evan Mathis was a good he was guard. Moving him off the spot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but I believe it, it, he was drafted a pick after Beckham. Um, twenty fourteen was obviously Beckham's. Uh, well, and Donald's rookie season where uh Beckham looked like a superstar and Donald looked like a good contributing defensive player and mm. that role has flipped literally every year because <laughs> i believe uh donald had 18 sacks in his second year i believe i'm i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's about 18 and he's been having 18 ever since yeah he's been sitting comfortably in the double digits <sighs> it's, not ever even just, since. it's not even just the sacks man it's every play the dude's get off is ridiculous and other guys have had this. Gerald McCoy used to have a ridiculous get-off. Geno Atkins used to have a ridiculous get-off. But they only had that, Atkins certainly, but even McCoy for a three-, four-year period where they were unstoppably um, fast at the interior D-line spot. Donald is getting better. Whatever the hell training he does in the offseason, which he's been very vocal about um, how he's constantly trying to build his game, Yep. It's working because the dude is what, twenty seven or twenty eight? So he's he's reaching the end of 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 his natural best given abilities, with by typical standards anyway, right? You know, thirty's usually the tipping point. And he has no end in sight on how good he can be. I don't know how he's not obviously injury would be the answer. That's what it did to JJ Watt. Because I would argue JJ Watt was of the same um vein of production he actually just got what just brute forced his way through defensive line I mean, he was fast too but donald's strong the same that he's fast it, it's it's a you got to have both to be as dominant as either of those players are or what was but donald no yeah, injuries they both have very strong hands yes strong hand like and, and watch strong bigger oh yeah but also fast, while Donald is clearly faster, but also uh, pretty goddamn big. Um, but I would argue that the the Donald Donald has more of an opportunity to maintain what he's doing. One because he seems to be um, just generally more healthy, which you can say that's fluky. But some guys are healthy while some guys aren't. Yeah. Right? It is what it is. And smaller frame, smaller problems. That tends to be the case in uh, contact sports. Tends to, yeah. It's and that's especially true um, for the guys that have to eat to maintain a, a higher weight. Right. Um, that's that tends to be the case, you know, with let's say like the offensive linemen who have to eat to be above three hundred. Um, which Donald is what two eighty? Yeah, he's playing the weights two eighty, mm-hmm. and he looks like he's making himself maintain that weight. And that's one of his skills is he's able to get skinny uh, to get in between those uh, those combo blocks. Well, I think that two eighty. So, uh, and this is not a good example because their games are entirely different. But you take an Aaron Donald in comparison to a Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork is an athlete who happens to, you know, possess his game on mass. Right. Mm. Natural mass that he's building up to maintain whatever he was doing when he was a prime run stopper for 10 years with the Patriots. Um, what, 10 years ago? 
But Donald... He was a Texan first, I think. No, no, he was a Patriot for like... Ten, oh, was he? Oh, with and, the then he and then he yeah, moved yeah, with... The, uh, he sunsetted with the, with the uh, oh, was that Texans. How it went? And was okay there. I mean, he did what Vince Wolfork did. Clogged up the holes on first and second down, right? And for 10 years, he was fantastic at it. But... Donald seems to be doing the exact opposite thing where he has size so that he can justify playing on the interior. But like you said, his ability to uh, bob and weave and sneak in and, and, and force um, himself through th- from just creating openings. Right. He's not. Well, actually, that's not true. I've seen him bull rush guys, but it's not oh, yeah. it's not the main part of his game. Um, that's a guy that he's 280 and it's lean. That is a lean 280. Oh, yeah. He's ripped up for being north. Vince Wilfork was listed at 345. He was probably 380. But <laughs> none of that was lean. He was there to be big. That was his game. Yeah. And Watt falls somewhere in between that because Watt obviously also lean. There's not a shred of fat on especially peak J.J. Watt. I assume there's not any now. But, but just in general, bigger. Just like a big hulking guy that like you can't avoid that i remember watching the hard knocks for the atlanta falcons it was an atlanta oh. falcons hard knocks that they scrimmaged the texans or jj oh. watt took over the episode because <laughs> they the cameraman had so much footage of him looking ginormous they're like this guy and it was i think he was coming off the the two defensive player of the year awards yeah yeah um so it was impossible to ignore him right and oh yeah they were probably they were probably pitching it like, oh, this starting offensive tackle's got to go against the formidable yeah. J.J. Watt. Yeah, whatever whatever bum the Falcons had, and maybe he wasn't a bum. The Falcons actually have had good old lines since And they since showed that offensive there. tackle getting worked by Tack McKinley. I don't think. <laughs> no, this predates Tack McKinley. <laughs> <laughs> O.C. was a Falcon on this uh Particular iteration okay, of yeah, hard so knocks. Like the speed of OC Manura is giving so and so a lot of trouble. That's, how will he? How speed. will he match up against the speed and power of JJ? That Watt? speed had fled. Speed has flown. <laughs> OC was. Uh, he was also in a sunset. Um. But Watt obviously, uh, maybe more than Donald, attained superstar status through his uh, early career defensive play but after four years what was injured and banged up and he's never not been injured and banged up meanwhile we're seven years into don or six years complete into donald's career and this dude has no end in sight he's gonna be the greatest defensive player of all time barring injury um and i say that with full what full respect to anyone that wants to talk about lawrence taylor or well, I mean, hell Reggie yeah. White. Yeah, Yelty. Yeah, um, yes, re- definitely Reggie White as well. Hell, Bruce Smith, if only for the same reason, the longevity, mm. right? Um, and we're actually we're doing maybe all of defensive disservice because obviously we're only talking about uh, sack, right? Sack numbers Leaders. and D lineman numbers, tackles and, and ability to penetrate. If you listen to Deion Sanders uh, tell it, and this is a quote, he is the greatest player in NFL history. Um, now, I don't believe that, but Deion Sanders believes that twice, so he <laughs> believes it enough for the both of us. <laughs> uh, and uh, Deion Sanders, while uh, never met a tackle he couldn't avoid, also was the best cover corner, almost indisputably, I would say, in, in probably NFL history. I mean, Deion, mid-90s Dion is you're not catching shit, right? Um, unless you're Jerry Rice. But even Jerry Rice was largely stifled going up against uh, Dallas Cowboys Dion, 
and if you listen to the the players that were on those great Niner uh, Cowboy teams, they all say the same thing. Dion was on the Niners. The Niners won a Super Bowl. Dion was on the Cowboys. The Cowboys won Super Bowls. So he was the X factor that allowed you know each team to complete whatever they needed to to get to, um, what Super Bowl immortality. If that's not a great player, which everyone knows Dion is and mm-hmm. was, but that right there, like you literally go on a team, you're like, all right, now we're ready. We can win the Super Bowl now. Um, Shut down corners, man. They're hard to find. That's why that's why the Rams have won in this. We're not going to have a first round pick for seven years. Gamble. Right. They got Jalen Ramsey out of that shit. Jalen Ramsey is who the hell is better or has been better since he's come in the league than Jalen Ramsey. When he came in the league, you had Rebus and Sherman. Sherman was kind of in the middle of his career. Rebus was obviously it was over, right? Re- Rebus Island was done. You had Sherman, who always a scheme type of player. Jalen right. Ramsey in any scheme, in any defense, is ridiculous. Goddamn ridiculous. And the Rams giving up what? I think they gave up two first-round picks for him. Yeah, and that was a mid-season trade. That was like a trade deadline. Jalen forced his way out. The Jags did not want to get rid yeah. of him. I don't blame him. They, he was on a bad team. Oh yeah, you're suffering. Gonna, you're going to waste years of your the prime of your career. Oh yeah, because you assume that if they didn't come to a deal, which he was not interested in, they would have tagged him, and right, it would have been a whole thing. I, I, I think that um, bring it full circle. The Rams, um, are my, they are. I don't think it. They are my NFC favorite until someone shows me something different, and I fully understand the Tampa a- angle. Tampa deserves all the respect in the world, but it's hard to repeat. Everyone's gonna be gunning for Tampa. Last year, it was could Brady do it with a whole new crew. Now it's, oh, shit, it's Brady's crew. Fuck this noise. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're getting my A-game, which by the time the playoffs roll around, you're getting everyone's A-game anyway. They absolutely earned every um, accolade that they garnered other than having to or getting to, I should say, play the Washington football team in the first round of the playoffs. It was basically a bye. But um, they still had to beat the Packers. They still had to beat um, the best quarterback in football, and uh, what the best offense in football in the Kansas City Chiefs? Who did they play in the divisional round? Who did they play in the divisional round? They must have played number two. Who was two? They beat the Saints, right? Yes, they beat the Saints. They beat the Saints three times too, didn't they? Or did they lose the second I, game? I think they split in the regular season. Okay, it's hard to beat. Uh, yeah, I think they. It's hard to beat I your divisional they, foe three times. Could I'll, be wrong. Uh, Two thousand seven Giants. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I believe they won early in the season. May have been opening week in New Orleans, then lost at home. That sounds right. And then won in the divisional round. That sounds very right. Sucks that Breeze uh, tapered off at the end of this Saints dominance because this this team's still great. But I, who wouldn't expect a large drop off with? what I assume is going to be a 60-40 split of Jameis and Taysom in New Orleans. I think that offense is going to be very dynamic, which I think will actually work to their favor. You can expect that from Sean Payton. But I think Taysom Hill is going to get a lot more snaps under center um, than he was getting. with like He was basically a gadget play with Breeze there, whereas uh, this past year, 
where he was the clear number two. He was obviously, when Breeze was out, the only guy really doing anything at quarterback. With Jameis, well, Jameis was there. Actually, I, I, I stand corrected. Jameis was there, and J- but they Jameis started was there. I think that they're going to have a traditional Jameis setup, and then the next drive or the second half of the drive, they're going to bring in Taysom Hill and run that part of the offense. And I actually think that they're um, – they're showing their hand to that fact with the stuff that I heard about Michael Thomas. Um, what? I guess he was complaining about his role or whatever. He doesn't I strike believe me, it. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. But uh, when do receivers complain about their role? When they're not getting the ball. Right. Coupled with when they're asked to block a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? He doesn't strike me as a type who minds blocking, but... He needs those looks also. He needs those targets. I would th- I would argue that that offense needs to make any part of their passing game a legitimate threat for the Taysom Hill part of that offense to, what, flourish? But James Winston gives you that, if, if nothing else, as long as he can do it a little bit, which he definitely can, James Winston gives you that, um, that element of the offense where, oh, shit, James is in there. We're going to be throwing. But the, I guess that's the, the key off to the defense, right? You have to be able to throw with Taysom Hill. You have to be able to run yes. with, with Jameis Winston, um, which, I mean, Jameis Winston can turn around and hand it off as good as anyone else. They do have Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray in the backfield, um, which last I checked, probably the best one. No, I'm sorry. Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt are the best one-two punch in football. But that's probably your number two, probably. I'd have to think about it, but maybe. They're up there. Whatever the hell uh, one, two, three, and four uh, Kyle Shanahan's got going on in San Francisco is probably number two, but kind of a different uh, animal because he's taken literally the best parts of his dad's offense and turned it into an NFL behemoth of, uh, what, efficiency and running ability. I I don't know. That that zone blocking scheme made Terrell Davis a Hall of Famer, rightfully so, but. Love that zone blocking scheme. Why isn't everyone doing it? There's, There's something that they know that. I guess two-thirds of the NFL doesn't. I don't know. Um, Last week we were talking about how the Ravens do things that they make a move, and it's like, oh, yeah, that just makes sense. Right. Uh, Two days ago they signed Justin Houston to a one-year deal. God Four million dollars. God damn it, man. Right? I mean, he's still he's Anyone a talented, could, productive player still. He had good years with the Colts. Yeah. That is right. Like that's a that's a Ravens move right there to a T. Right. Damn it. That just, it just makes me mad. The Giants are sitting here talking about who's going to win out between <laughs> Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez for a roster spot. Cut them both. Sign Justin Houston. Can't say he was interested, don't know. But for the Ravens, makes perfect sense. Late in his career, I assume he wanted to go to a contender who could blame him. Um, and he'll obviously have a, what, rotational role in that Ravens pass rush. But every Ravens pass rusher, not named Terrell Suggs, has a uh, rotational role. So th- it's been that way for as long as I've been watching football. They never use a guy, Dalius Thomas maybe, but he was more of a – Swiss Army knife than a straight pass rusher. Um, they always have a great, great 
outside linebacker rotation. They have been running a three. No, that's not true. 2000s, they were running a 4-3 because Ray Lewis um, used to like to brag about the fat guys that blocked for him so he could get tackles. Um, God damn it, Giants. You look, Justin Houston just sitting there. But they have no problem two years ago going out and signing a busted up, uh, broken, and unappealing Connor Barwin. That deal made sense. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, the Giants did make good one. Uh, Connor Barwin a good guy for a proud franchise. Ew. <laughs> I didn't like him when he was good. I don't want him. I didn't want him when he was a bum, which he was a bum that entire uh. year. But he did seem like a good locker room guy, and he was a high, high motive. Highly motivated, high motor player. Um, the Giants did make one signing this week that I actually think could wind up being significant for them if um, only for pushing training camp uh, talent, or I should say the, the presumed young starters in training camp to being better. They signed Dallas uh, starting center last year, Joe Looney, to a one-year oh. prove-it deal. What's interesting really? about it, yeah, they already had Jonathan Harrison, former Jets center, in the building to compete with slash backup Nick Gates. Now, in my opinion, there's no world where Nick Gates gets supplanted um, unless he forgets how to play football. He played so well last year as a uh, seemingly stopgap solution at center, and they paid him before last season. I think that he's got center as close to lockdown as anyone other than Andrew Thomas on that O-line. But it's hard to ignore that Joe Looney played over 700 snaps last year and only allowed... I, th- I think it was three sacks. It might be three pressures. He may have only allowed three pressures. So, and he can play guard. So it's not like it's a, a, three a singular pressures, move. Damn. Um, I don't like Shane Lemieux yet. I want to like him. I don't like him yet. Will Hernandez. What's the status of him, by the way? He who, was carted off the field a couple days ago. He he's gonna miss time, but he's not. Like it's not regular. It wasn't season a season time. ending. No, it no, wasn't no. an ACL. Or no, he's something like now that. could this nagging whatever leg injury that he's got take it into the regular season? Sure, but that's not the prognosis right now. Um, and I assume Looney was brought in for the depth and the competition and whatever. But they also signed Zach Fulton, um, so that they've got a lot of veteran young guy mix, and they're anointing to some degree the young guys to take the jobs. But Looney's not that old, and. Uh, it's hard to just jump into what a what was a top tier uh, offensive line in the Dallas Cowboys and and hold up your own and he did it. I, I would like to see him earn. I'm not wishing for anyone else to fail, but there's a lot of uncertainty on that O line. I would like to see him earn a spot because I think that they could get a, a two or three year starter out of him if he did. And a, a Lemieux injury, which I don't wish for, could allow that. Um, or a Will Hernandez failure at right guard could allow that as well. They could also, if Lemieux's hurt longer than they suspect, kick Hernandez back to left guard and put Looney at right guard. I don't know how versatile Looney is. I just know that he plays center and guard. And I, uh, in looking at the uh, Giants roster recently, um, their tackles, they brought in no competition at tackle, which tells me, and, and if they don't want Nate Solder, they just have to pay him, so they're keeping him, right? So, yeah. unless Matt Parrott looks like absolute dog shit, Andrew Thomas will be our left tackle, and Matt Parrott will be our right tackle. It is 
the perfect scenario. Really? If it so holds So Solder's going to be the swing? swing? He will be the swing. They don't even have a fourth tackle. They have a fourth tackle on the roster that they had last year named Jackson Barton. I believe he spent most of the season on the roster last year, however, never dressed for a game. So I don't see any any push from him whatsoever, which means that it's Solder and Parrot going for the right tackle spot, which you always knew it would be. But they're not if they were trying to push Parrot, they'd bring in a fourth guy that had a little bit of juice behind him to, you know, see if there's something there. Yeah. They don't want Solder. They just they're stuck paying him, right? And everyone hates Gettleman for making that that signing. But I got to be fair to the guy. If it was his first move as GM, if he didn't make that signing, they they would have hated him for that. Solder was the you have to sign this guy right now because it was right on the heels of the Eric Flowers experiment, and you had a three time Super Bowl champion, high end left tackle, right? Um, who that whole year he he was clearly on the downturn of his career. But he hit the market, he got paid, and now we're stuck with $16 million with or without Nate Solder. So have fun riding the bench, bro. <laughs> Although, hey, maybe they'll trade him. For 16 mil? Someone go, uh, some starter goes down? Maybe. Maybe, but he's got to show that he's got it, and I assume he's going to be playing a lot in the preseason, if only to facilitate that fact. But or yeah. I should say that possibility. Have but. him, you know, have him, you know, stone some guys, some, some sec, some second team guys, oh, show off the goods. At that point, see if you can get a fifth form. Oh my God, that's a steal! <laughs> you know, we got to eat his salary, which I think, regardless of what they do, they'll have to eat most of his salary because it's mostly guaranteed. But the. Uh, problem with the Giants is they seem Justin Houston point echoes this to a T. The Giants think they're a competitor, right? They've clearly they they spent like one. Yes, absolutely. They they spent like they are making a run to win the East and get in that playoffs. And they didn't even talk about bringing in Justin Houston on a one-year four million dollar deal maybe they did maybe maybe mara made a call mara (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah maybe he put the word to uh gettleman maybe maybe gettleman shut it down said no i don't like him and then that edge would be a gettleman thing to do (laughs) i don't know maybe there was a meeting with gettleman and judge and it just didn't go anywhere I doubt there was anything, but sure, why not? I, I think the Giants are high on the talent they've acquired, thinking that it's something special, when really if you have a whole bunch of guys, you really have no one. Um, now, Ojolari, that could absolutely be a guy. I think they think he's going to be a guy, and his specs certainly translate out to one. However, not too long ago, Lorenzo Carter's specs translated out to one, so... It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, there are teams that are seemingly run well, like the Ravens, and then there are teams that are run like they're in the NFC East, like the entire NFC East. A lot of proud organizations in the NFC East. Got all these old whites. Got to sell these teams. <laughs> <laughs> how many? You know, how many uh, Nate Solder jerseys were sold? You don't Not, see. You don't see too many. Who at buys the new a lineman jerseys? Not too many, but I, you know, I would 
I would treat myself to a Jason Kelsey. But he's going to be an all-time Eagle great, yeah. rightfully so. It's a different situation. You can buy a— How many Andrew Thomas jerseys? None. What's, he's an, what's he's his number? Lineman. Seventy six or seventy three? No, he's not seventy three. I think he's seventy six. No, he's or se- he's seventy six or seventy eight. Okay, that's good. He's seventy eight. All right, yeah, that's a nice hashtag Jersey Analytics number. Okay, but no one's gonna buy it. He's an old lineman. No one buys old lineman jerseys. I've been also tempted to buy Jason Peters. You can get away with that too. Listen, if if someone said, "Hey, I've got this great Sean O'Hara jersey," I'd I'd get that shit. I love <laughs> Sean O'Hara, Especially and he won a Super cap- Bowl. You got the captain's C on uh, there, exactly. All gold. Yeah. Or if I wanted to be real, uh, what Giants appropriate, I'd get a Chris Snee jersey. Dude was like a seven-time Pro Bowler, won two Super Bowls, was at the top of his game for most of his career there, and was Tom Coughlin's is Tom Coughlin's son-in-law. In what I always mistake him with O'Hara being the son-in-law. No, it's it's Snee. Um, I'll take a deal or or a Soybert. Hell, I will take. Oh, what the hell was the name of that center? I'll take a David Boss. <laughs> he did win one Super Bowl. Is that a B A A S? Yeah, double A one S. I'll see. The Snee works out on a couple different levels because he's a Jersey guy. He's from Jersey. He's from Edison. I hate that I sounded excited when I just asked that. Uh, Katie Coughlin. Oh, yeah. No, it's Tom Coughlin's son-in-law. I'm well aware. Because I heard not too long ago that he still calls him coach. (laughs) Coughlin loves it. (laughs) I bet he does. (laughs) I bet he does. Does Katie Coughlin, uh, does she have a job with the Giants? No, I don't believe so. I don't think she was ever involved with the Giants. If she was, she left with her dad because mm. he got the, uh, what, the most uh, hostile resignation um, po- possibly in coaching history. <laughs> they basically said, listen, uh, we can fire you or you can resign. It's your, it's your choice, Tom, as evidenced by the, the uh, departing uh, press conference when Mara went to shake his hand after he spoke and he just walked away from him. Oh. <laughs> Good for you, Tom. That – uh, fuck, fuck them for that. <laughs> he he was not the problem. Anyone with eyes could see that he was not the problem. You you didn't give the man talent. Coughlin, I was begging, begging for Coughlin to get fired during the 07 season when they won <laughs> the most improbable Super Bowl in NFL history. But he did something uh, at the end of the season that changed everything. He fired the offensive coordinator. Wow. At, in like week 13. Promoted uh, Kevin Gilbride to O coordinator. The offense opened up immediately, immediately, and you could tell as the season progressed that the team um, liked him. Whereas you could tell a year earlier in '06, everybody hated him. No one liked Tom Coughlin. I'm pretty sure it's the reason Tiki Barber retired. It's definitely the reason Michael Strahan didn't go to '07 training camp. He was a pain in the ass, and he, he there was no give from him. So the players didn't didn't warm to him. However, you want to take that. Since that 07 playoff run, he was smart enough to know what worked, and he had he kept his lighter, albeit regimented tone. Um, and you can go to the the 2011 season when they upset the Patriots in the regular season before beating them in the Super Bowl. Um, and they're it's a week eight win, and they're throwing Coughlin up in the locker room on their shoulders and freaking the fuck out. 
And that's it. The Giants looked like a Super Bowl team. Well, no, they lost a bunch of bad games. But at times, for the rest of that season, they looked like a Super Bowl team before actually being and winning uh, a Super Bowl champion. And they hired Ben fucking McAdoo. McAdoo had regular person hair before <laughs> in, in his first season. And then yeah. in his second season, he slicked that shit back. It was like a different man. I knew, I knew they were done. How soon? When you saw his when hair? When I saw the hair. Yes. Because I knew I, that, agree. I knew that the locker room would just see this guy as a joke. He looked like a fucking joke. Like, are you Tony Soprano? <laughs> like, what is what is Odell Beckham? What is he gonna think of you when he says goodbye at the end of the your first year? Get a frost that slick back, bro. And you come back <laughs> and he tries to, you know, shake your hand and he's got that shit slicked back now. Ugh. Like, Ugh. Who is this guy? Ugh. I they no, it was John Jerry. John Jerry at right guard is what doomed the twenty seventeen Giants. That hair didn't help. And the belief that John Jerry was enough. Uh and Eric Flowers was enough. And whatever oh my God. And Bobby Hart at right tackle, who somehow is still in the NFL. Uh it's painful. They did. They literally did everything wrong for ten years, and are now just actually making moves that make sense. And again, you could sit on. You could shit on Jones. I wouldn't have taken him at six. You could shit on Barkley because you took a running back at two, right? But Barkley, especially, obviously, there's not a person in the NFL who doesn't think Barkley is a superstar when healthy. Jones has not looked like a bust. He looks like a problem, but that's not the same thing as a bust. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, he can get the turnover bug under control. The problem with guys that turn the ball over is they typically always just turn the ball over. Right. It, it I rarely, actually, in Giants history, I remember one guy who habitually turned the ball over who stopped, and it was Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber. And it was Tom Coughlin. And it style. was Tom Coughlin Changed telling him, hold, that hold it high and tight, baby. Tuck that shit against your bicep. And it was Coughlin who did that. <laughs> Tiki never got a championship, did he? No, he left the year before. Thank God, that bum. <laughs> I did love Tiki. I got a Tiki jersey. See? Oh my! I loved. Everybody loved Tiki. Tiki was a giant man. They had no passing game for seventeen years. <laughs> the hell! Of course you love Tiki. The guy's getting twenty five hundred yards from scrimmage, and that's only a little bit of an exaggeration. I believe he has the. He's. You know, I think Gurley broke it a couple of years ago. But up until Gurley a couple of years ago, he had the record for yards from scrimmage in a season with like 2,300. Then it was 2005 Tiki Barber. He was insane. You couldn't stop him. Insane. I can still hear my dad yelling when Manning throws a fucking bad pick. Give the ball to Tiki! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Give the ball to Tiki! All right, so before we wrap this thing up, we got uh, training camp is underway for all 32 teams, right? I believe so, yes. When is the first, when is the Hall of Fame game? Thursday. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank God. And it's Giants, no, no, no it's Cowboys Steelers. Cowboys Steelers. Okay, so, and I know that the first hard knocks is the 10th, so it'll, so it'll cover, they'll probably cover that game. No. They that'll might probably, cut that'll, it that'll off. That'll be episode two. Yeah, that's right. It'll lead right up to them getting 
of getting prepped for uh, yeah because hardness so it's interesting they're only doing three weeks of traditional preseason this year for the first time ever other than last year where they did none um but the uh hard knocks season usually runs five episodes for episode one is just training camp so you're going to get four games anyway and then the last four episodes obviously encompass a game you're going to get four games again this year because dallas is in the hall of fame game but if they weren't hard knocks either would have two weeks of just training camp more than likely they would just have four weeks if they weren't following the cowboys so I assume you're going to get week two hard knocks. They'll have the Hall of Fame game. It'll probably kick off with the Hall of Fame game. And then they'll loop in whatever drama you get towards the end. I, I don't know. They should. Uh, the fact that there's three preseason games is ridiculous. Just have two. Two sounds perfect. What the hell do you need more than two for? I don't mind the preseason games. I actually love the preseason games because I like to see these bottom-of-the-roster guys I'd see like the late round picks get a chance to play. I like it in some respect, but by the time the third quarter rolls around, I'm fucking bored. It, you, inevitably, it is boring. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound great. <laughs> but is it, it, you're right. I, I go into it, especially now. I mean, I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm going to watch. So I, I believe the Giants are on on a day I can't watch them. Oh, yeah, they are. Their first preseason game is August 14th. Um, and I really, am, yeah, there's this August. Is that a Saturday? It is a Saturday. Yeah, pre- preseason is every day but Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. And they like spread the games out over, oh, right. yeah, over yeah. all the days. Um, and I can't watch the game. And like, I'm kind of bummed. But I also know that if I had no plans and I put it on, I'd watch it, right? I'd watch like the first round. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, Jones looks like shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'd be all pissed off. Oh, wow, look at that catch by Galladay, right? Like whatever the, you know, whatever emotions would be attached to that. And then by the second quarter, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't know. Oh, I I don't know anybody. <laughs> Except that I, I would know, but I wouldn't care, right? Like I don't care whether or not Ellerson Smith is going to do enough to make the roster this year. He either is or he isn't. That's Joe Judge's job. It's not my job. So, I don't know. I'm not as into it as uh, the Aidens of the world who what, who watch every down twice in the <laughs> preseason because he can easily record that Listen, the, for Eagles fans, the preseason is when you see the very best of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. The guy has historically had great training camps. That sounds like a reason to stop watching the preseason. <laughs> and great preseason games just can't bring it to the regular season. So, for him, I'm watching. I hope they keep him. See number 19 Actually, show him. out. He's, he's terrible. I, I hope they keep him. <laughs> His preseason is going to earn him a roster spot. Uh, you know, um, so one of the podcasts I I like to listen to is uh, Inside the Birds with Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan. And after the Eagles drafted Ortega Whiteside in the second round of the 2019 draft, passing on the likes of D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaurin and probably five other superiorly talented. Uh, possibly A.J. Brown. No, A.J. Brown was gone. Oh, wow. Double kick in the dick. If you, uh, thank, if you thankfully, thankfully for me, A.J. <laughs> AJ Brown was already gone. Um, but Adam Kaplan asked 
one of his another a scout for a another team. You know what the grade they had on him? Priority free agent. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he? Meanwhile, he was a darling. He was a pro football focused darling. Really? In that draft. Yeah, they raved about his uh, contested catch ability, which the other side of the coin is he's not separating <laughs> from defenders. <laughs> But have you seen any evidence of the contested catch no. skill? No, he has. He can't. He hasn't brought that. But, but hold on. By definition, a contested catch implies that you did not get separation, so right. it shouldn't be hurting his game. Shouldn't be. Meaning that if he was so good at contested catches, this is the Galladay, um, what the Galladay prop up, just in with less production because Galladay does not have superior speed, right? I but have he, seen Galladay. Torch guys. Okay, well, all right, but still, by NFL standards, not superior speed. That's probably fair. Yeah. Um, but is incredibly productive when healthy because of his ability to get contested catches. This is at the NFL level. This is not some college speculation. Since he's come in the league, right? He's the best contested catch, uh, pass catcher in the NFL. That implies, by definition, that he's not great at getting separation. I'd agree. Every guy is covered sometimes, right? But if you are the best at, get, at catching contested catches, you must not be getting separation as much as the field, or at least as the upper echelon guys. Right. So if Ortega Whiteside is as good at contested catches as Pro Football Focus once suggested, then his lack – because you've been complaining about a lack of separation uh, probably since before they drafted him. Um, <laughs> so – if you are complaining about the lack of separation, which is evidently there, wouldn't the contested catch skill still shine through if it was actually a a yes. feather in his cap? Yes. Um, now, I'll say I was not complaining about him before they drafted him because he wasn't even on my radar. <laughs> that is a complaint in and of itself. And you know me. I love my mock drafts. Yes. How he many was, times you take DK? A lot. And it wasn't even in the second round. I was taking him in the first. It seems um, like all 32 teams missed on taking him in the first. I know some or Giants fans Brown. who wanted the Giants to take him at six. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't have liked it at the time, but I would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, for for uh, J-Jaw, it has not translated. Um, and also... Now, this is why I'll say I want him to stick around through this year because I want to see if he can get anything going with Jalen Hurts. Why would Hurts be better for him than Wentz? Because Wentz refused to target him. Okay. Um, frankly, Wentz refused to target most people outside of Zach Hurts. He's a big fan of Zach Ertz. Um, so I want to see what he can do in a new scheme, in a new offense, with a new head coach who um, seems to tout how he and his staff will play to the strengths of their players. And hopefully a new set of eyes – and a new staff can try to get the most out of this guy. And you know, listen, this guy, I mean, 
he's still on a rookie contract, and they might as well see what they got on him. If he can make the team, him. I see the appeal. Obviously, he can make the team, but i got to ask you this question as someone who watches the Eagles closely. Has he ever, in two years of uh, professional NFL play, passed the eye test? Only in the preseason. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, well, you're, he's about to bat three for three in preseason. <laughs> also, last year you didn't even have a preseason to go off of. That's right. No, this is, uh, you know, the preseason of his rookie year. He's coming in all confident. He was a second-round pick when he thought he was going to be a sixth. Right. <laughs> that guy was a swinging dick. But then, but then he was brought down to size by the fact that he's actually playing in the NFL now, and he was not yeah. supposed to be a second-round pick, you know, because how he thought that no one else watches the Pac-12. That was almost verbatim. <laughs> That's a Harry Roseman <laughs> quote. We don't think guys are staying up late to watch these Pac-12 games. So then that's when you take him in the fourth round and get a steal. That his, yeah. his argument falls on its face when you take a guy with a premium pick. And there's no world where in today's NFL a second-round pick is not a premium pick. You need guys on rookie contracts to deliver for you to be able to, what, make weight in today's NFL. Yeah. Um, and you know what? What frustrated me at the time, and it frustrates me now, was with that pick, it was immediately labeled as he's going to play the Alshon role. Which, why... Is he even built for that? I would say, I think he's probably 6'2", 6'3", 220 pounds. Isn't Jeffrey like 6'5", 240? I think Jeffrey's probably 6'3", or 6'4". Oh, really? He's not that Um, tall? I thought he had a Burris... uh Burst profile to him. I think he's a little thinner. Um, but that frustrated me from the, the get-go. It's like, get the guy with with the superior hands, the excellent route running. But also they didn't draft DK Metcalf to be in that role. No, they... <laughs> that, well, you know what? I know this for a fact. They had... He was an injury. They flagged him. Uh, for did the he neck. have injury problems? Oh, that's right. He did have that neck problem. I thought off the field so, would be no, no. Um, he peed, it was the he neck, peed like a dog at the uh, the Mississippi rivalry game. Right? Ole yeah, Miss, and Mississippi State. What do they call that? The cotton, cotton, not cotton ball. I don't know. It's um, more redneck than that. The ro- is it? No, that's Alabama. Um, is it the Rebel Bowl? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. It's not the Rebel Bowl. <laughs> I do not. I don't know the name of it. Can't say. Um, I actually. But no, it was he was he was in. They red flagged him for the neck, and again, I would say like, don't scheme up plays for this guy where he's going to risk that injury. This is, you know, don't don't have him running a three yard slant. Well, anyone could get hurt doing anything. Um, in, yeah, but limit like limit his exposure. I guess keep him primarily, you know, on the outside. Uh, you saw what the Cowboys did with Jalen Smith, and while they're possibly going to trade him this preseason, you can't argue that them doing that didn't work out. The guy was a superior talent. They took him where they could get him. And he was a high-end producer for them up to this point. Um, I know he didn't have a great year last year, but he still listen. If the Cowboys miraculously cut Jalen Smith, and the Giants were like, "Yeah, we're gonna pick him up," like, hell yeah, bring that guy in here sure. because the upside is too ridiculous to ignore. And sure, he might not pan out, um, but they just signed Todd Davis, 
Remember Todd Davis? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Super Bowl champion and starter with the Broncos. However, not the uh what? Not the linchpin uh of what was a great uh Super Bowl fifty Broncos defense. He just happened to be there because it wasn't Trevathan, or was it Trevathan who got hurt that prompted him to start? I think Trey, maybe Trevathan got hurt, and he started that game. Maybe. Todd Davis is actually a good linebacker, but he, he's a contributor. He's not a he's not a hang-your-hat-on-him starter. Jalen Smith could was that and could be that again, no problem. He could be that with the Cowboys this year. Um, they certainly paid him like he is. But to that point, they they knew they weren't getting his rookie year. It was gone, right? And anyone would take what Jalen Smith has done since his lost rookie year. So obviously, that was a gamble worth taking. Yeah, the Eagles did the same thing the year after when they took Sidney Jones with, pan out. with a high second round pick, and it did not pan out. Although he did look like an NFL corner in Jacksonville last year. <laughs> Only time will tell, much like uh, what I assume Hard Knocks will tell us about the Cowboys starting linebackers. 17 core. linebackers. Yep. So that was the Football Heavy Podcast. For Matt, I'm Anthony. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast channel. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.